Welcome to the Shadowscape podcast, where we journey into the lives of the many individual creatives that make up the DNA of the music industry. From record executives to street buskers, our objective is to highlight and explore the many facets of this ever-changing ecosystem. We are here to learn, laugh, and illuminate all the building blocks that make our industry what it is. Our guest today is the powerhouse folk songstress Ray Saracosa, who carries an acoustic guitar and a message. She was named one of the most politically relevant artists in her genre by Pace Magazine. We really loved getting to know more about Ray, her life, and her process. Enjoy. What's up? My name is Corey. My name is Sean. Welcome to the Shadowscape Podcast. We are in New Orleans. We are in New Orleans. We had to drive from Kansas City. Not great. Not, no, not. Not terrible. But that one section about Jackson, Mississippi, where we were all like kind of barking yeah. and like just making sounds. And we realized in the middle that we didn't realize that we were doing that. Yeah, that we were we were kind of just barking like animals. And then we looked around and all of a sudden we were in the richest community that we've ever seen so in our life. Crazy. I saw a Taco Bell that looked like a bank. It had a turret. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> like it was it was the crazy it was it was the Taj Mahal. Like, of Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some rich, yeah. Some <laughs> very, some very, very rich person built that Taco Bell for their their wife. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is. I I looked it up on Wikipedia. Anyway, we are here. This is our very first podcast from Folk Alliance 2020 in New Orleans. I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited. It's going to be a good year. But we have our very first guest. Yes, and our very first guest. We are here with Ray Saragosa. Hey everyone, I'm just chuckling in the corner in the background <laughs> throughout the entire opening. <laughs> what's, Hi. what's great though is the lamp behind you. Yeah. You're like well lit and well illuminated. It's like a halo above I your feel head. well lit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like the goal always. Yeah. <laughs> Focal Alliance 2020. Well lit. Well, hashtag well lit. <laughs> hashtag well lit. <laughs> you know, that could work. At it least so on, many directions. At least on like floor number nine, yeah. I think that could, uh, that could work. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm yeah. throwing that out there. We've got a short window of time right here which is going to be the whole thing the whole podcast so we're going to like try to just we're going like, to get right down in it yeah we're going to knock this out but yeah. last year this is where we started we we didn't necessarily meet you yeah but i do remember in the bed in we were in john lennon's oh, old hotel yeah. room mm-hmm. and you were there and yeah. that's where we met yeah. so tell us a little bit about you a little bit about your life and yeah. a little bit about your history with folk lines sure so hey everyone i'm ray saragosa Born and raised in New York City, currently based out of Long Beach, California. Um, Singer, songwriter, activist. Um, I write a lot of songs, really just based off of my own life. I, I, you know, I I grew up listening to folk music a lot, like James Taylor and Carole King and Harry Chapin. And I just always knew I wanted to tell stories the way that they did. But as I got older, I realized, like, I want to tell my stories, like what's unique to me. And Mm -hmm. so I come from a very diverse background. My mom is a Japanese immigrant and my dad is uh, Native American and Mexican. And so um, my mission and what I've been doing um, with my music is really using you know, the folk genre as a way to tell the stories of my immigrant and indigenous ancestors. Um, and also relating it back to our, our current, our current day, you know, political climate and just our everyday struggles as millennials and as human beings and as people of color, as a woman of color. And so that kind of just has made me write songs about all kinds of things and always stemming from my own truth and my own my own background really and just my own experience in the United States which has put me in a lot of uh 
you know, categories as like a protest songwriter or, or an activist songwriter or social justice music, but it's, um, so yeah, so it's been really cool, but I do write all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. And we yeah. just got to hear some of it in the yeah. other room. We shot a video mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful song. Thank you. What was the name of that song? That song is called The Ghosts of Houston Street. Okay. And mm-hmm. what's it about? Uh, The Ghosts of Houston Street is pretty much about gentrification. Um, and specifically um, my own neighborhood where I grew up, Greenwich Village, New York City, and how it's changed so much and, and, and being gentrified. Um, I grew up in a studio apartment about the size of the hotel room we're in right now, half of the hotel room actually, it's just this part, um, with my five-person family um, in Greenwich Village, New York City. And when I was a kid, everyone around me uh, was was an artist. My next door neighbor was a painter and then the other neighbor was a costume designer who worked on Broadway. Um, my, my dad's an actor. And um, slowly I saw everyone be pushed out, moved out, and then was replaced by like a single man who worked on Wall Street or something like that, move into the apartment. And I remember leaving our apartment being like, why does he need all this space? Like I was so confused how our five person family was replaced by one person. And you know, it's a very universal thing happening everywhere. Things change. I know that's normal, you know, but it is um, interesting to see how uh, artists are continually being, you know, pushed out of the neighborhoods that they made cool. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. And so that's pretty much what Ghosts of House and Street is. The ghosts of House and Street kind of are like the ghosts of the artists that used to be there. The ghosts of the bodegas and the shop, the mom and pop shops that used to be there. The ghosts of the people who used to live there. Um, you know, in New York City, there's a real kind of epidemic of bodegas closing. Um, bodegas, for anyone who doesn't know what those are, the corner stores, you know, little grocery stores. And um, I used to be on my own growing up at eight, nine years old, walking around New York City. And whenever I felt unsafe, I would run into a bodega and just hang out with the guy there or the woman or whoever was working the shop. And that made me feel safe. And so seeing all these little bodegas close is really heartbreaking for New Yorkers. And so that's pretty much what that song is about. Um, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could do 20 minutes on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how much do you feel like, um, it seems like your past and your life, um, informs a lot of your songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like when you're, you're writing, do you feel like you're just kind of like stream of consciousness, kind of what you're seeing and what's around you mm-hmm. or, you know, as an activist, are there certain things that you, that you feel like internally, like I need to write about these like yeah. consistently or I need to get things out consistently? Yeah. I'm curious just how you pursue um, kind of what you're showing the world of yourself. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I definitely feel that everything I write uh, comes, like you said, it comes from me. It comes from inside. So um whenever people like label me as a protest songwriter or an activist songwriter, um, sometimes I'm always like, like kind of, kind of chuckle about it because I never really chose to be an activist or really signed up for anything. It just kind of has been the experience of my life. You know, I'm just writing about uh, my mom and my dad and me and our experience as how I grew up. It's, it's not like I chose one day. I was like, I want to do something yeah. and I want to make a difference. And I want to go on Google and be like, what is happening in America? And yeah. then like choose the most, the topic that interests me most and then write a song about it. It's never been like that. So I never really woke up one day and was like, I'm going to write music for social change. I just kind of, the more I dug deeper into my own experience as a human being, the more 
uh, political um, the music got. And so what I always say is that, like, you know, the experience of a woman of color is, is politicized whether or not you want it to be. Your experience is a political experience because so much of your of what you've experienced and what you go through and the things that happen to you when you start to kind of peel back the layers of the onion, you realize, Oh my gosh, like how much of my existence and how much of the way people look at me and the things that are said to me, um, are because of who I am. And, um, you know, especially kind of, you know, I grew up in a total denial. I really, didn't want I, you know like when I was going to school I hated how I had I brought Japanese food to school every day mm. I felt like I just wanted to fit in I didn't yeah. want to be the one they made fun of for all the food I brought to school that I sounds amazing to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah no, no yeah, problems like, here yeah right and so it's funny how we all just kind of want to fit in and mm. whatever fitting in is but like that's a universal thing too no matter who you are you want to fit in and no one really fits that box and so I've always felt you know growing up in a big city pretty disenfranchised from a lot of my background because I didn't grow up in Japan. I didn't grow up on a reservation. Um, I've always just wanted to, to be one with everyone else. And that created a lot of grief for me growing up. And it, it created a lot of identity. Like, like who am I? Like what, like what, like I don't understand, you know, how do I put all this together? And I always felt like I wasn't enough of anything. I wasn't, I wasn't New York enough. I wasn't American enough. I wasn't Japanese enough. I wasn't native enough. I wasn't really anything enough to claim it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard as mm -hmm. a kid because I felt identityless. And so I've really been using my own music as a way to reclaim my identity. So when it comes to like different social issue issues, um, a lot of it is a reckoning within myself. And it's kind of, I've, I've felt that, the reckoning I'm having internally as just like an adult, young adult, like coming of age is, is being reflected in the world around me, you know, and in the elections happening and in the environmental issues happening around me and indigenous rights issues and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm seeing my own internal struggles, like being reflected back onto me through what's happening in the world. So, you know, I, I always do my best to, to shed light on issues that are important to me, but I never really sat, sit down. I'm like, I think I need to write about this and I'm going to do it. It usually is coming from a place that it's like, I need to get this out of me. And it's something that's happening around me, but it's never like a, I don't know. I get really uncomfortable when someone's like, Hey, this is happening. Want to meet up Tuesday at four o'clock and write a song about it? Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> no, feels that's very so forced. weird. It feels forced. It doesn't feel authentic. And, you know, like we always say, like there's like a difference between like wanting to write a song and needing to write it. Yeah. Yeah. And all the songs I've written, like the songs I wrote about the Standing Rock movement and any of the songs I've written that have gotten attention as uh, protest songs or social justice songs were songs that I had no intention of really sharing. I had no intention of of them creating change or anything it just was something I needed to get out of my it was like expelling some toxicity I saw around me and within me that I had to get out in song form yeah and I think that's why they are truthful but I think if we create it as kind of like a oh let's do this for this reason to me it's it's not really authentic yeah you know yeah, yeah I think that there's a growing um availability you know you said um not a song that i necessarily 
wanted to write, but I needed to write. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, because we, we're in around lots of songwriters all the time and songwriters ourselves, and there is that approach of like people always wanting to, wanting to get together to write songs mm -hmm. and to put these things together. But also this like overwhelming need for yeah. so many songs to be written yeah. and I think you, it seems like you fall in this middle ground where like the things in you are also and I think this is why they're like picking up steam yeah. the things in you that you need to get out yeah. are such a huge huge voice for the people who are like I needed that to get out too yeah. and I feel that mm -hmm. when you sing it or when you when yeah. you play it for me so you f it just seems like you fall in this really cool interesting spot that yeah. it works kind of for everyone <laughs> and especially you yeah and it's it's a lot about, you know, because I'm grateful. I mean, this is the second year, I believe, that Folk Alliance has done the Indigenous Music Summit. And it's me and my my family kind of always joke about it. Like, people are really interested when I tell them that I have an Indigenous background. When I was a kid, that was not interesting. No one wanted to hear about that, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's coming to a point, and I'm grateful for it, especially after Standing Rock, where people are opening their eyes to indigenous rights. They're opening their eyes up to environmentalism. And, you know, when we were younger, that wasn't the case. So maybe if I was making the music I'm making now, 20 years ago, which I would have been, I wouldn't have done anything else because this is just what I write. I might not be sitting here right now. And so a lot of times it is timing. And so I am grateful that my music is being received as it is now because I wouldn't be doing anything different, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, yeah. I think that that's something that I'm always reminding myself because whenever I get in a headspace of, because I get requests all the time, someone's like, oh, you should write a song about this. You're like, yeah. you're a good idea. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, okay, okay. Because like, I, I do, you know, I'm a performer and I, I do really want to advance my, right. my career and I want to do all these things. But I know that as soon as I start doing things out of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but when they start doing things out of like in any kind of calculated form, it's going to lose its authenticity. And if I, I have to remain true to, to, to what I, I feel is true to me um, to, to continue to create the music that people are connecting with right now. So it's interesting because, you know, I'm grateful that I'm living in a time where people are, are open to receiving this message, right. you know? Do you feel yeah. like you get... And I would hope not, but do you feel like because people or some people consider some of your songs as like activist songs and mm -hmm. things of that nature, do you have you ever got any pushback like because you're also profiting mm -hmm. off of these things? Which, which you I would yeah. argue you should for sure. Right, yeah. It's your career and you need yeah. to pay the bills and rent yeah. and things and eat and things of yeah. that nature. But um, I can only imagine that's a little different than, you know, someone just writing songs about like love yeah, only totally. and, and things that we're like used to come out or monetizing. Yeah. Is there is there any like. Yeah, I really appreciate that question because honestly, I don't get that much pushback about it, awesome. but I feel it within me. Mm -hmm. I put so much weight on myself more than people put weight on me. And if they're talking about that behind my back, then like maybe yeah. they are. But like I get all this fear that someone's going to be like oh, how dare you put a song on iTunes about indigenous rights and collect, you know, and also I'm not really making that much money. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's all that, well, it's we all that scary. Yeah. Yeah, you know how it is. But um, I always do feel this duty to to donate a lot of my income um, when it comes to songs that I'm writing about a specific issue. And I do, but sometimes um, I'll donate money that I don't have. Yeah. And yeah. so it's come to, to, there's certain points where I'm like, okay, wait, like, 
this is still art. It is still, it's still in service to something. I am providing a service for people, um, through music. So I need to take care of myself and feed myself before I start trying to feed everyone else. And, um, if you, if you can't feed yourself, you can't continue. Exactly. And so I've realized that I have to create some sort of sustainability, um, to continue this. And I think the first I'm just getting to this point where I'm starting to realize this. And I think a lot of artists is like, cause I, I will spread myself so thin and I will give so much of my time and so much of my energy and do so much for free. Um, and I enjoy doing all of that, but then it gets to the point where you get sick or you get ill or you just literally have given so much of yourself where you have nothing left to give. You have nothing left for yourself. So there is a really fine line, but I think that, you know, once you're really in touch with what energetically um, when you're energy, when you really get energetically aligned and if you believe in what you're doing, you know, when the time is to give back and when the time is to to keep for yourself. And so that's just been a lot of self-awareness and a lot of like meditation and just really understanding. Um, because for the first long time I was doing this and getting attention as like an activist, uh, songwriter, I was, uh, donating almost everything that came in and, was had no had I couldn't even afford my gas to get to the concert right. so and that's know. not sustainable it's not sustainable at a certain point mm-hmm. it's better for your cause yeah for you to care for yourself yeah and you know we have to realize too like like if you're sitting there and you're like okay I see a lot of homeless people mm-hmm. I'd love to feed those homeless yeah. people what if I could spend my life feeding those homeless yeah. people and not have to do anything else but but in order yeah. to do that, I have to pay my bills. Yeah. Right. So, so there, there is a balance of caring for yourself so that you can care for others. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I've been reading a lot of books about, um, money, wealth. And like, I think a lot of us, I swear, I was brought up that like money is like the root of all evil and like money is bad and like income is, is dangerous and the more money. And I was like, wait, if I make a lot of money off of my music, if I do really well, like I can build schools in the places I've always wanted to see schools. I can have music programs. I can do all these things. And if I have a fear of getting too successful with my music because I feel like it's some in some way exploitative, then I can't actually do the thing that I always wanted to do to give back. So like the more you take in, the more you can give out. And so it's an interesting fear. I, I feel it a lot. And also my fans are honestly the people who are always like, take care of yourself, Ray. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. Like I get like these messages from people being like my fans and they're like, we really feel like you need to like take some time for yourself. Go to the spa. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel, I always feel guilt about doing anything for myself because I do feel I'm in that my music is my way of providing a service. And I do feel that it does something. So it is hard, but you know, the more like I said like the more you take in the more you can give out so it's definitely I think as artists it's even it's more of a mind hurdle than like a physical one and like the, the growth of your career I think a lot of it has to do with like a mindset and an acceptance of that fear and acceptance of growth and accepting the fact that you want to grow and that you can grow and that you should grow and that you should accept the growth and that money will come with that in order to grow and to sustain and to give back um, is actually something that's really hard mentally for a lot of artists to wrap yeah. their heads around and uh, me included. Yeah. yeah. But it's, um, but yeah. I think it's a practice worth like 
going after, because I feel like, you know, you were talking about self-awareness earlier. I think we have to realize that in the moments when our lives change or improve or get worse, like we have the opportunity in that moment as a human being to negotiate with that fork in the road to say like, Hey, this song's doing really well. And I'm, I'm financially, I'm growing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, you get to negotiate with your choice and how you get to act based off of what is happening around you that maybe you didn't control. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we, we we fall into these these ruts that have been created before us by other mm-hmm. people who have gone down the wrong road. Yeah. And we say, oh, you know, because there's, there's so many stereotypes about musicians and what they do and how they act based mm-hmm. on their success or their, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, but that doesn't, like we're all individual humans with yeah. choices that we get to actually make. And I think a lot of people just aren't participating in the in, in the place of like, no, these are my decisions. Yeah, you know, and 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 I can make the good decisions, and I can be successful, and actually do good with those things, yeah. knowing that I've seen all of the people before me be successful, and usually not be good with those things. Yeah. Like I, I can negotiate with that moment. I think, I think you know, you're talking about self awareness and meditation and all of those things that that can just help center you. Like I think, I think if we could participate more and just like understanding, like. Who am I? What's going on around me? Yeah. How am I practicing humility? How am I practicing gratitude? And yeah. like, what am I going to do with all this? Yeah. And I think it, you have to kind of get to the core of why you're doing what you're yeah. doing. And as long as you know that it's coming from an authentic place and that you believe in the work you're doing, like that's all that matters because people are going to come at you with all kinds of accusations of like, oh, you're selling out or oh, you're doing this, blah, 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 blah. But like, that's kind of comes with the territory of being an artist. And if you can't drown out that noise and just remember exactly why you're doing it, it's, it's going to be a really hard road. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a mindset yeah. and it's not, it's, it's a brain exercise and it's not always easy. Yeah. I don't, I don't think very often as like artists, we want brain exercises like that because it doesn't quite seem mm-hmm. natural. Like we, yeah. I think we just want to be these esoteric creatures who can just like do all the good things on purpose, but on accident, like <laughs> out, out of just this like natural place of like, yeah. Hey, it happens. Like, and oh I'm gosh, awesome. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've definitely gotten to this like place of like reckoning with that too. And like, I mean, I shared this with like publicly with my audience, but I was pretty ill for a couple months on tour and um I just had I had crazy headache headaches for like three months straight and I I know it was a symptom of just spreading myself way too thin and so I really wants to let you know yeah (laughs) yeah and so I'm like oh this is what they were talking about (laughs) oh like there really is I really do have to take care of myself you know and it's crazy because, you know, I sure I'm sure I'm like other artists, but I'm getting better. But, you know, sometimes it's really hard. And sometimes when someone just looks at you and they're like, you're doing good work. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, thank you for yeah. saying that. Oh <laughs> I my needed gosh, that so much. I needed that. Because no matter how rooted you are in your truth and, the, and I know what I'm doing is rooted in something real. It's rooted in everything that I am and that I believe in it. It's like there's so much noise happening all over the place. And when you're in a different city every day, you start to lose track of what's real and what's not. And that's really scary. And, um, and so you have to stay grounded and you can't agree to do anything that's not aligned. You have to find your alignment and then you have to stick to it. Cause once you stray from it, that's when you get in trouble. That's when you get sick. And, um, 
there's no shame in taking care of yourself before you give back to everyone else. And that's been the hardest pill for me to swallow this year because <laughs> I want to give and give and give and give and give. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the the heart of that is, I mean, that's, I think that's a golden place to be. I, I do think I, one of the things that I'm learning and I feel like particularly like as, as artists, like we're, so, we try to be so individualistic with mm-hmm. our art and, and the, the songs we sing and, and we try to stick out, you know, so yeah. that we, you know, everyone knows who exactly we are, but I think we should probably see our lives in that way too. Knowing that like, you know, a lot of us, I, I think a lot of people start off and they'll buy books about how to tour or they'll yeah. they'll Google like how to do this or how to do that. We're always trying to be informed of what other people have done before us and how maybe they have made a career because yeah. a lot of us don't just like naturally know how to yeah. make a career. But I feel like we should all take that kind of individuality, take it into our own, the own scope of our career and yeah. go like, this is not in any way, shape, or form ever possibly going yeah. to look like anyone else's career. No, yeah. And my mental oh, health can't either. Yeah. Like there's other there's practices that we can learn from people, but we have to know that like my my music career doesn't have to look like yours. Yeah. Nor does like if you need more sleep and I don't, mm-hmm. cool. Like cool. if if you need like you need to stop at like a like a smoothie place every day and yeah. get some get off you know because we're just different our we're bodies different. are different and our minds are it's different it's hard to accept that yeah it's really hard um, but i think we can i think we can learn to love that part yes. of it where we don't have to be these carbon copies of one another with the totally. same things like yeah. we're gonna have different outcomes so why don't we like why don't we just realize we had a different start and a different outcome at the very end of all this yeah. so in the middle we can be different too totally and i, I think it's funny because like a lot of artists, musicians were like, oh, we got into this because we wanted a life without structure. We didn't want yeah. a boss, blah, blah, blah. And yet we're all looking for structure. Yeah. We're all starving like starving for it. Where, yeah, we're all starving for like who has the roadmap of, of success and who's going to yeah. tell me. And to be honest, like no, especially in this time of whatever, like no one has that for you because no. things change every minute. <laughs> More than ever. Now. More than ever. Every there's new the new social media platform or the new way to like everything's different. The way that someone made it, quote unquote, made it like uh, 30, 20, 10 years ago is, is going to be very different than it is now. And so I always say you have to like look inward. You like look what is authentic to you. And, um, you know, like I'm on Patreon. Mm-hmm. I love it. And yeah, it's yeah. like a big part of my income. And it's just a way of me engaging with my closest fans. And a lot of people like to that, that sounds awful to have to engage yeah. that closely. <laughs> so I'm like, you just have to look inward of what's authentic to you and then lean into it yeah. and then like go for it and then do it a thousand percent. Yeah. You just got to do you. Yeah. And if something doesn't work for you, then just don't even touch it. Cause there's so much, there's so many ways to become an yeah. artist. So yeah I, yeah. I just don't think we want to, I think a lot of people don't want to think that hard. Yeah. We got to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to cut this, cut this short, but we have enjoyed so much having you here. Yay. Would you just let us know a little bit of how we can get, t- not necessarily we, yeah. but how everybody listening can uh, just find you online and yeah. keep up with your career? Absolutely. Find me online. Uh, my name is Ray Saragosa. That's R-A-Y-E-Z-A-R-A-G-O-Z-A. And that's on um, Instagram, Facebook.com. Um, also, you can find me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Ray Zaragoza. If you want to help take care of her in yeah, that self-care care area me, that self-care. we were just talking about. Yeah, so. it's time we y'all. Do. She's not saying it. We're saying yeah. it. Take care of her. Don't Ray. take care of her. She's awesome and she deserves it and she's very sweet and genuine. Thank Send you for being here. Send her spa gift certificates. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I love it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. This has been the Shadowscape Podcast. My name's Corey. My name is Sean. And this is Ray. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast, please help spread the word about these amazing art makers and the continual conversation that's happening here at Shadowscape. Tell someone about it, in person, online, whatever. And of course, join the family by pressing the subscribe button. This podcast was created by Shadowscape Records at our studio in the American Ice Co. Building in the heart of beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. For more information, please find us online at shadowscaperecords.com or connect with us at facebook.com slash shadowscaperecords, Instagram at shadowscaperecords, and Twitter at shadowscapejams. Thanks for listening.